Oh no, some scary clown squirted water all over my comics. Never fear, son. In Colorado, there is one place to go for all your comic needs. Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics. Oh boy, thanks, Coins, Cards, Comics, man. Oh no, there's a lady hanging off that building. Can you save her? I can't save her, but you can also save 20% by getting a hold slot at Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics. Oh no, she's falling. Did you know prices are also falling on back issues at Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics? Thanks for saving me, Coins, Cards, Comics guy. Now I can buy my son the card games he wants and the sports memorabilia my husband wants. That's correct, ma'am. Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics knocks it out of the park. So visit 6700 Wadsworth Boulevard in Arvada, Colorado. They're open Tuesday through Saturday, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. And tell them the real nerd sent you! Does this sound familiar? You're interested in purchasing that new action figure, but aren't sure if it's worth it? Well, come check out PlasticExplosion.com, where you can go to find all the latest and greatest action figure previews and reviews. Every week, they'll be bringing you reviews and picks from your favorite collections, such as DC Universe, Masters of the Universe Classics, Marvel Universe, Star Wars, Transformers, and many more. Come check us out at PlasticExplosion.com. That's PlasticExplosion.com. For barbecue that can't be beat, try Birdman Barbecue Sauce. Available and original and spicy. These robust, full-flavor sauces have the awesome power to kick your taste buds in their face. And for that smoking taste on everything you eat, try new Birdman Smoking Rub. Caution! Meat left unrubbed may suffer from flavor performance anxiety. You can pick up Birdman Barbecue at local area Ace Hardware stores, Ruff's Barbecue in Golden, and the Danny Cash Hot Shop Off-Broadway. You can also like us on Facebook at Birdman BBQ. Welcome to the podcast. I am Ryan. To my right is... James. To my left is... Brad. And we are The Real Nerds. Hey. This week, we saw Argo. We did. Starring Ben Affleck. And Ben Affleck's long hair. And Ben Affleck's long hair. Yeah. I don't think it was a wig. I think it was real. No, I mean, it was. Uh, the whole time I was just watching I think he, I could pull that. I think I remember reading an art, uh, interview with him, and he said that he purposely grew his hair that way, so... Everyone else would get on board with his horrible haircut. His long haircut. <laughs> yeah. So he wouldn't have to convince everybody else about it. You mean all the other actors, not everyone in America. Exactly. He wasn't like trying to start a trend like all men in America Dude, should grow their hair long. Ben Affleck always starts trends. You should know that about him. <laughs> so if you have never listened to The Real Nerds before, and I'm sure there's somebody out there that's like, hey, what's this Real Nerds crap that I'm listening to? Let's hope. Um, every week we go see a new popular movie and we also do movie news, box office stats, DVD release stuff. And then we also talk about what we saw. Um, but before we get into what we usually do, which is fan mail and thank you everybody, by the way, who liked us this week and followed us on Twitter. We really appreciate it. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit about what we've been up to the last two weeks because, um, this is our first episode since we visited, um, a couple of cons. Yeah, um, wow, it has been a long week it is, and a half. It, it's been a long week and a half. Man. Um, we first um, got a booth at Mile High Horror Fest, which was held at the Denver Colfax Film Center. And uh, unfortunately, we didn't get to see any movies there, but we got some great interviews with um, filmmakers and an actor. 
So make sure you stay tuned for that. Um, I want to thank Jonathan, Jeffrey, Dan. Who am I also forgetting? Uh, the musician. The musician, Piano oh, Barbarians, who yeah. also have oh, a podcast. Um, Richard I'm, Carpala. Yep. Oh, Jay. 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 Family, yeah. Yep. So I just want to thank um, Tim and Teresa at the Mile High Horror Fest for having us there. It was a good time. Um, so thank you so much. Yeah, it was really uh, cool. Because it was cool to meet all those people. And um, then this weekend, we went to the Telluride Horror Show, which was held in t- beautiful Telluride, Colorado. Yeah. It's their, their third annual one. And uh, we had the privilege to sit down with a couple of short film directors, Dylan and Raphael. And we also sat down with the filmmakers of The Battery, which premiered there, which is a zombie movie that uh, is really good. Yeah. And that was really It's cool. going to start making its way around festivals, and hopefully they get distributed really soon. And that was lots of fun, so thank you, Ted. And I think one of the coolest things about that is a young lady who worked on The Battery named Kelly actually knew who we were and she's from connecticut so kelly mcquade thank you so much yeah that was for coming so cool. up and saying hi to us and also you did a great job on the battery as a costume designer makeup artist i don't know if you were there when i was talking to her but did you know that in the battery she is like the girlfriend whose pictures are I on am, the way i am yeah. aware of that which means that there's well we won't talk i don't want to spoil anything but but uh we saw a lot of films well i did um, because I had to interview the filmmakers, and you guys manned the booth. Um, it was a little more mellow than the Mile High Horror Fest because it was actual film festival. There's yeah. a lot more films going on, um, but it was lots of fun, and we met so many cool people, and it was so nice. I mean, um, besides you know the Kelly knowing us from Connecticut, yeah. which is awesome. Um, we also this morning I thought was so cool that we were eating breakfast and two filmmakers, Dylan and Raphael just sat down and had breakfast with us. Yeah. So it feels like we're part of, uh, the horror community a little bit. Yeah. So we just wanted to talk shop, you know? Yeah, exactly. So I will also pimp out their stuff too. Um, collab, which is Dylan's company made a short called chili, which is really good about a talking ice cube. And, uh, you're like, what's that doing at a horror fest? I'm not going to tell you cause it'd ruin it until you listen to the interview that we'll have with him. <laughs> um, Raphael also did a short called the quiet girl, uh, the quiet girl's guide to violence, which is another really good short film about a nerdy girl and what happens when you pick on her. Yeah. Um, so thank you everybody who sat down with us. And we also talked to Paul Salmon, who is, um, I still don't exactly know what his job is in the movie business. He's like, he's a, like a archiver. He's like a Hollywood drifter. He calls himself a historian is what historian, he calls himself. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a, he shoots a lot of um, EPKs, electronic press kits and stuff, even before yeah. it was popular on DVD. Um, and he has great stories that we talk to. He's usually just credited as like a crew, you mm-hmm. know, as just some guy who's working there. And he has uh, so much knowledge. But yeah, he's just like, I feel like we could have just sat there and he could have told the stories all day and they all would have been amazing. They are, so um, keep a lookout for those interviews. And we want to thank everybody again for sitting down and talking to us. It was really awesome. And, yeah, um, next week we'll be at Mile High Con. I'll be on a panel called Introduction to Podcast to learn how to be a charismatic podcast host, which <laughs> that's why you guys aren't invited because if you want to be like Oh, yeah, me, yeah, yeah. Do we were charismatic, yeah. It's bullshit. I submitted the <laughs> request to go to the Mile High Con. You did. and yeah, um, Brad did all the work. Uh, no, he, I've emailed her and talked to her on the phone. Fuck. <laughs> oh, if you talk to her on the phone, that is a lot of... Oh, man. I don't want I, to talk to anybody on the I phone. I am the personality. You Anyways, uh, so thank you, everybody, who um, followed us this week on Twitter and listening to our show. That that means a lot to us. And that it happened to be someone in Connecticut and she geeked out on us was Dope. really cool. <laughs> it was so cool. Um, so thank you so much to everybody. Um, 
So guess what, guys? What? I guess it's time for the real part of the show. Fan mail. Fan mail! Lots of fan mail this week. Yeah. Um, in fact, there's so much, I really can't remember it all. Um, but thank you, everybody. If I miss you this week, it's uh, not my fault. It's Brad's fault for not printing it out. Um, <laughs> uh, Jonathan Tiersten, who is an actor who we met at Mile High Horror Fest, who was in uh, Sleepaway Camp and was in a new movie that I watched this week, and we'll talk about it a little later, called The Perfect House, uh, sent me a message, and he says, how does one identify a real nerd? Is it a birthmark or something? And I yes. said, and I said, if anybody recognizes you as Ricky from Sleepaway Camp, then they are a real nerd. <laughs> uh, uh, he was really cool, though, because uh, not only super nice, but he was also a music- mu- musician, and he gave us all his CDs and yeah. his movie. Yeah. So we, I, I got a Jonathan Tiersen overload this week. He was very generous. He was very nice. So, and I mean, spent like an hour and a half. Yeah, an just hour and a half just us. talking to us. And I asked him, you know questions and he was really honest with them so it was really cool because sometimes when you um watch actors and they do interviews you can tell they're fluff pieces yeah i was so excited to work with ben affleck i want someone to tell me ben affleck's an asshole even though i don't (laughs) think he is because i love ben affleck but i'm just using an example you know um the uh a really cool um email we got was from cora again um she is becoming a really um Loyal listener, and that's awesome. Thank you, Cora. She's um, getting very involved writing it all the time, she which is, is neat. More of you should do it. <laughs> yeah. You, uh, everybody should do it because we love um, pimping you guys out, too. Oh, absolutely. Um, Cora writes, hi, guys. Hi. Now I know how much you all lo- Now I know how much you all love Tim Burton, and <laughs> this is true. Irony. Um, but I wanted to drop you a note and suggest you go see Frankenweenie. Really? Yes. It's a story of Victor Frankenstein bringing his dog back to life, but it turns into so much more than that. It becomes an homage to classic uh, monster characters, the mummy, Godzilla, Dracula, Creature from the Black Lagoon, and Invisible Man, which I know I have been discussed recently on the show. The other piece of this is that it doesn't lose its heart and it doesn't feel overdone. There are kind of movies... These are the kind of ten movies Burton should make. It brings the heart of Edward Scissorhands and Big Fish with a beautifully simple animation only enhanced by being in black and white. Um, Yes, I am a Burton fan, so you lose all credibility. (laughs) <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> and uh, you didn't hear that, but my wife just yelled at me. She is pissed off. She is. But this is the best effort I've seen from him since Corpse Bride. Wow. Okay. Even I'll admit the Dark Shadows was crap. All right. I, you're okay. Back. All right. All right. There you <laughs> go. Bottom line, I think y'all would. I just did y'all. And she didn't y'all, write it yeah, that yeah, way. Yeah. She wrote you all. And I did it like I'm an idiot. Whoa. Hey. Hey. I say y'all. Bottom line, I th- but I, you, do, you don't add a southern twang to it. I just no, did. yeah. Um, <laughs> bottom line, I think you all would appreciate the old school monster movie references. I definitely would. The heart and the animation. All I ask is that you give it a chance. You know, um, before I finish your uh, email, you know, me and James have made a vow this year, and I don't know if Brad, uh, you're in on it. Um, we go into every movie trying to like it. We're not going to go into a movie saying this is shit. Uh, um, I, I got, I've I been doing f- that all my life, but go on. Uh, oh, yeah? Um, um, you don't want to see... Battleship. Know. Battleship. You did not go into Battleship wanting that to be good. I couldn't go into Battleship because I was away. Yeah. So our argument holds no oh, right. water with Brad. Um, I don't want to read this last part because she gives James props and that's bullshit. Oh, come on. <laughs> I was about to say, I have a free ticket in my back pocket. I will see that movie this week. Loving the show, by the way. Running out of episodes. Well, don't worry. We have lots to come and lots of <laughs> interviews you can listen there to. many hours. Um, just listened to Filmsplosion 2011. Oh, yeah. The best part was when James listed off all the movies he was looking forward to in 2012. 
priceless, given that I knew the verdict of Tony, 75% of those. <laughs> um, super excited be. to hear the top 10s when 2012 was over. I'm excited, too. I, yeah. I This year's going to be tough for me. It yeah. really is. Um, sorry Michael and I didn't come to Horror Fest. He had to work at the Rapids game. Colorado Coins and Comics is beyond overwhelming, by the way. Of course. Co- Dude, Colorado Coins and Comics is amazing. If you guys haven't gone there, and I'm not just saying this because they sponsor our show, um, but Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics is the best comic store in Colorado. Totally. I go to so many of them, and I love them there. Because um, you can also get, you know, lately me and James have been kind of oogling at uh, EC Comics covers, and you can get some EC Comics there for $24. Come on, you can Which is crazy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as far as not stopped by Horror Fest, it's all right. You know, you can, you'll be able to listen to what we did at Horror Fest for sure. Um, Durango isn't too far from tel- uh, south of Telluride, so if you want to swing by, when you're in our neck of the woods uh, next weekend, beers are on me. Just let me know, Cora. I'm sorry, Cora. We didn't know we'd be stuck at the at the Telluride Horror Fest all weekend. <laughs> yeah, um, it, it was. Uh, I saw a lot of stuff, but wonderfully time consuming. I should say it you was. Know, there was except you couldn't get anything to eat after ten o'clock. Oh yeah, no. thing. So we were after ten o'clock, more than nine o'clock. Yeah, so we'd be watching a movie and then or interviewing people, and then we get like, oh sweet, now we're gonna eat granola bars that James bought. Yeah, it's funny. It's funny because like everything there is one hundred and fifty percent of what it should cost, and yet it's still crazy cheap because you only have one meal a day. So <laughs> yeah. Telluride is an easy vacation. Yes, it is. Um, James, you have our Facebook page up. Um, I do. We got a couple other um, things from that. Uh, do you want to go ahead and read those off for me? Uh, yeah, we got a message from uh, Russell. Which says, honestly, Liam Neeson as the badass, uh, well... Liam Neeson as a badass? I think Liam Neeson wrote. as a badass is awesome because you wouldn't have thought him as an action star, Neil, and Nell, anyone. I I can't read. I can't. It's hard to read this. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Taken One was good because it had him in a new role and some good lines. The lack of new material is shameful in Taken Two. But seeing him as a kick, ass, but seeing him kick ass is still awesome. Hashtag, uh, hashtag Qui Gon for, for the win. For the win. We try him since that's hilarious. That is <laughs> awesome. We should start a trend for that. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I I would agree. I agree. You know, it's Taken really. That is the first movie where he kind of re, um, packaged himself as an action guy. Yeah, mm-hmm. where he's. Not taking any prisoners, and I mean he's always been cool. You know what I mean? But you know he's, he's kind of an action yeah. guy in Dark Man, I guess. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, Dark that's Man's true. Great. Sam so, Raimi, great. Show. And then Batman Begins. Well, and I feel like yeah, he he's suave in Batman Begins, though. He's like the cool villain, right? He has sort of he, he had sort of a clout of of just high acting around him post my Schindler's List or so, um, where where you thought of him as like this big wig. And so I think part of it was just that suddenly he was in like a low budget action movie, you know, and I think that's part of it that suddenly he felt more grounded and you you were like, Oh, he's just having fun. Um, and I think that was part of it as well. And also how many people have, if you have a daughter would want to, um, kick the ass of somebody who, um, did something to your daughter. I mean, I think that's something relatable to everybody. I think this whole state wants to kick someone's ass right yeah, now. Right. So, um, Yeah. You could definitely do that. Uh, we also got a message from Jay, who is the guy we interviewed uh, there at uh, Mile High Horror Festival. In Metasick, Denver Comic Con. Yep. Oh, that's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. That's why we ended up talking to him, because he had already talked to us before. That was cool. Uh, he just said, "Thanks, uh, great talking to you guys at uh, Mile High Horror Festival. There's two Fs in there. I don't know what the second F is for. Uh, Mile High Horror Film Festival. Film Festival. Oh, yeah. There you go. Um, 
Thanks for being so awesome. You're welcome. We try really hard. Hmm. Uh, I'll let you know ASAP when my short film is done. Please do. Yeah. Anything you guys have, we'll you know, pimp the shit to out us. of. We would love totally, to talk about it. because we love talking about it. Um, I got something on our Tumblr page, but it's not showing up anymore. So if you sent me something on the Tumblr, I'm sorry that I can't read it. Yeah, mm, James can look it up. We're a little disorganized just because of how. No, like for some reason, we my just got my phone car. keeps on kicking off, uh, like my emails from Yahoo, even though I save them. I don't know where they go. Uh, Jesse wrote in, spoiler alert, the monkey dies at the end. And I'm not, not sure what that's in reference King to. Yeah, that was in response to us going to see King Kong. Ah. Yeah. Which, which we, saw we saw King Kong in an old theater on the big uh, screen, which was that awesome. Was priceless. Oh. Uh, that was a cool thing at Telluride. So yeah. thank you, everybody who tweeted us and followed us this week. And emailed us. And emailed us. We appreciate it. We also have a phone number, so call there. Yeah, you can call us at 720-6Nerds5. Um, and you know, Kelly did send us a tweet too. Um, oh, that's right. She said, excited to meet the real nerds at Telluride horror this weekend has been beyond amazing. I Aww. agree. Thank you so much. Um, Raphael, who was the filmmaker of a quiet girl's guide to violence also tweeted us. He said, um, awesome crew, fun chat, unfazed by needless 10 minute tangent about Brian Michael Bendis. We did go on a little <laughs> ultimate Spider-Man tangent. Thanks Raphael. We appreciate it, man. Um, you were awesome. I, I mentioned it before that he was so cool. He sat down for another person just sat down with us. And um, I th- how long did we Shut record up. before we actually um, recorded it was an least, interview? It was at least 10 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so thank you so much. We also, Telluride Horror Show was so cool to us because they also tweeted that, you know, hey, stop by and talk to these guys. And um, Ted, who ran it, was really nice in getting interviews set up for us. Yeah, that whole festival was really cool. If you get a chance to go out there. Uh, definitely do, especially if you live as close as Durango. Yeah, because it's um. Yeah, why didn't you come to us, Cora? Serious? No, no, I'm just, <laughs> yeah, I'm just totally. Uh, <laughs> I don't even know what that noise I just made was. So, anyways, thank you, everybody, so much. Um, it's so cool, and you know, I mentioned too, Raphael and Dylan just sat down and had breakfast with us, filmmakers. Yeah, we're, we're part of a tight knit community. Talking about what it was like to you know be working on Disney films and you know work with Brad Bird. What I know. And uh, so, yeah, thank you so much again. I, I'm kind of in the uh, over the moon right now because yeah. I had so much fun these last couple of weeks. So thanks again for everybody. Um, remember, you can tweet us at real nerds at real underscore nerds. You can email us real nerds at gmail dot com. You can like us on Facebook and leave us a message. Yeah. So many ways to reach us. And we will. Um, and if you want us to pimp something out for you, say, hey, I made this short video. Watch it. And we will pimp the shit out of it because we like that stuff. Because oh, you know, that's what we do. Um, so, hey, box office numbers time, boys. This is the box office stats. Are you surprised what won last weekend, Brad? Not at all. Taken 2 won with $49.2 million, which is um, not surprising because it's everyone a, expected it's a to sequel do well. to a, Yeah, it's a sequel to a movie that did really well the first time. But crazy. I was, I was that, sort of, well, go ahead, sorry. sorry. Uh Taken one only opened at twenty three million, which is still yeah. not that bad, but um it got huge word of mouth going. Well, and it was if I remember correctly, it was like March or, or April. It was pretty uh, early something in the weird, year. yeah, February um, or something. Whereas I think they're at a better time slot here. Um I, I also just was gonna say I think it's weird because our our theater was fairly Yeah. You know, and did we see it on Friday, small. like at seven, I think. Yeah, oh yeah, we saw it at our normal time. Yeah. So 
it was just weird that I thought like, oh, okay, I guess you know people aren't actually excited for this one. But, but we were wrong. Maybe yeah. just people in Golden, Colorado. <laughs> um, Frankenweenie tanked. Yeah, it, it did. did. What five million? I think. Uh, actually, it ended up with eleven. Eleven. Yeah, way off. Which <laughs> it was in. Well, it was in fifth place. That's what you were thinking. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, which isn't that surprising. I've been saying this forever, and Cora, I'm sorry, but um, Bruce, uh, Bruce, <laughs> Tim Burton needs to make a different kind of movie. Yeah. Um, you mentioned Big Fish in your email. He needs to make another movie like that because. Yeah. I mean, basically, it's gothic now. Come on, dude. Do you think he was shooting for a blockbuster? Because I feel like he just was like, I'm oh, just going to no, remake no, no, no. my student film and, you know. Well, I think you always shoot for a blockbuster. I don't think you... I, I mean, it's a tough sell. It's black and white. It's a monster movie. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I don't think he was expecting Alice in Wonderland numbers, but... Yeah. No, but, I mean, What's it is Tim still... Like, numbers? <laughs> it, I don't even know. It is still a kid's movie. I think that if you had released it at a different time, you would have expected higher numbers, but up against Hotel Transylvania, which... Is much more traditional, uh, and is, yeah, and is just killing the box office. Um, it's it's hard to compete. It happens, yeah. But anyways, I'll see it because my wife wants to see it, so I'll sit through an hour and a half of hell. I'm just kidding. You know, I got to go into a movie. You got to go into every movie thinking that it could be good. You know what? Maybe all the homages to classic monsters will get me because I do love it that stuff. Hey, uh, yeah, that movie might be awesome. Blu-ray releases, boys. DVD releases and Blu-rays. I am so excited for Madagascar 3 to come out. Yeah, I, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not excited at all. If you buy it early enough, you get... What What cartoon do you get with it if you buy it early enough? I it's like a I don't double give, pack. I don't give a shit. <laughs> um, also, so that, I, I, bet, I bet it has something to do with animated penguins, and I bet maybe at some point they dance to a song I think from next year, Penguins of Madagascar is a feature-length film. It is. See, I remember that stuff. Um, also, That's My Boy, starring Adam Sandler, comes out. Yep. Um, but that's not the big release. Um, for me, and I'm sure Brad this week, the big release is Moonrise Kingdom. I'm conflicted because I prefer the Criterion editions of Wes Anderson movies. And um, I bought one, the Darjeeling Limited thinking that you know it came out as a regular like Focus Features release or something. Yeah. And then two years later, the criterion came out so i'm like should i just wait again or i really want to watch it right away but also like, i don't yeah. want to buy it twice well but the other thing is you're talking about a a small indie movie that isn't you know like it did it did well for an indie movie this summer but cases like that i have no problem buying a movie twice i've done it before i bought serenity like four <laughs> times i think i um, bought evil dead two four or five times yeah uh, it's one of those things where i i have no problem buying a movie twice if it's something that I I really enjoy and I think it needs the money. Um so I would say you should go ahead and buy it and then two two years from now when the Criterion comes out you can either buy it or wait a, a year. Wait till the price comes down on Criterion. Criterion's never come down. I think they're always No, they $30. had a 50 50% off sale a few weeks ago. Really? On their website. Wow. Yeah, it's great. Um also Chernobyl Diaries come out. I think um who do we talk to at horror show that knew the director of that? No, we were just talking about um, the way that Ted. the, the was paranormal. Ted, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, but we were just talking about the paranormal activity directors. I don't think they. And knew also, um, a League of Their Own twentieth anniversary comes out. Yep, which is a great movie. I haven't seen it in a while, but I love that movie. Yeah, on Blu-ray. On Blu-ray. Yeah. Um, I'm sure. And uh, what else comes out, James? I, the fifth season of Mad Men. The mm-hmm. first season of Touch. The first season of Alcatraz. Uh, I think and the was... last season of Alcatraz. <laughs> oh, <Aww, da-da>. yeah. 
It should be not the first season. It should be the complete series, right? And surprisingly, not the last season of Touch. That one just snuck by. Because it's Kiefer Sutherland, dude. He's badass. Yeah. So, yeah, you can go to digitalbits.com, click on their DVD box art, and it'll take you straight to Amazon to buy any DVDs we just mentioned right now. Yeah, and it throws a little money their way, too. Absolutely. So Guess it's news time. Real news. Unspool it, James. It's real news. So science sucks this week. Science? Why? Yeah, yeah. Isn't science? Science is just bullshit. They, uh, this week they proved that you could never actually do Jurassic Park. What? Mic drop. <laughs> I, it was a thing. This show everybody, is over. <laughs> everybody sort of. Assumed. Well, you knew. Come on, you really believe that that could happen in Jurassic Park? Well, did you look at all those codes in Michael Crichton's book? Like, you know what? That's they, possible. Uh, they fixed it with frog DNA, Ryan. They could fix it with frog <laughs> DNA. Uh, no, they they proved this week that like after six million years, the all of the DNA degrades too much that you would never be able to grade. Uh, it would be sweet if you could. And of course, dinosaurs are way more than six million years, so. Never going to happen. Thank so God. Just, so we're just stuck Dude, with animatronics. Dude, I want to see a Tyrannosaur. Come yeah. On. I don't want some whacked out billionaire who doesn't know how to spend his money to create <laughs> predators that could kill us all. Here's the, wait, wait, here's the thing. Life we live away. In, we live in Denver. Haven't you seen movies? Bad shit doesn't happen to Denver. It happens in New York and L.A. and like some every now and then Seattle or Miami. Like we would be fine. We are landlocked. I've had friends in other cities. I don't want stuff to happen to them. Dinosaurs <laughs> are never going to make it to Denver. <laughs> Or if they, if they by the time they do, we'll have like dinosaur guns, <laughs> dinosaur rockets. We'll be leaving in like dinosaur towers, shooting dinosaur rockets anyway. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Shailene Woodley uh, is in talks to be Mary Jane Watson in the new Amazing Spider-Man movie, uh, which we have to talk about because it's Spider-Man. Yeah. Um, I I think it's okay. I mean, eventually Mary Jane's going to have to be introduced because it's just in Spider-Man yeah. mythos. I don't have a problem with it, and a lot of people say she's not pretty enough. I think she's pretty. She's prettier than Kristen Dunst. Yeah. Well, I, um, yep. But I, I mean, that's that, I mean, that's irrelevant because I mean, is she a good actress? And that's all that matters. Yeah. That, because. Yeah. I, and you know, there, there has to be some sort of. There's going to have to be tension with uh, Peter and Gwen. You can't just yeah. have him. Oh, he's Spider Man, so I can't. Which, by the way, is weird that Gwen Stacy knows he's Spider Man, but you know th- that that tension can't just be that because. Well, and because I mean, I think uh, Bendis kind of got it right. Where um, at the beginning of a relationship, I think if your boyfriend was a superhero, I think you'd think that's pretty cool if you're a teenager. Yeah. Uh, and then as you see what he suffers, and it might not be as cool, but yeah. Uh, they also said that Electro might be the villain in it, one of the villains, which is is interesting uh, to to it go is. with one that is that sort of wacky. I mean, it's not a scientist, which is cool. At least it's not a scientist who yeah. goes insane. The only thing um, I can see why they might have chose him, too, is he doesn't really have a backstory. Yeah. He, you know, he got struck by lightning while he's working on an electrical line. That Ooh. They'll never have that. <laughs> so um, so uh, that's interesting. I still think, and everyone laughs at me, but I still think Mysterio would be an awesome villain in a movie. No, I agree. Because I, I do agree. It could, you could do so much with him. But if he's one of the villains, and me and James are talking about this, or you could have um, Alistair Smythe as a Spider Slayer creator, I think would make an awesome movie, too. Yeah. Because you have a guy who builds um, nanotechnology and robotics to kill Spider-Man. Yeah, and then you could have some like big action pieces where he's fighting giant robots. Like oh, that's, what, a, that's, what, that's a very different Spider-Man that most people haven't seen. Uh, what if be- the Spider Slayers are powered by Electro? 
Oh, what? <laughs> why would control him with his electricity? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Control him with his with with his electricity is very Ultimate Spider-Man. Yeah, the cartoon show. That is awesome. Um, the one weird thing to Sony me about give me money. <laughs> the one weird thing to me about them putting Mary Jane in this movie is that you know they're setting up this this. Uh, uh, Gwen Stacy arc, and I feel like if you introduce a uh, romance triangle or a love triangle into that, you might interrupt the, that. You know, like if anybody goes into the movie and by the end of this movie wishes he were with Mary Jane instead of Gwen Stacy, I think they will have made a misstep. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, but uh, I'll also say this one of the greatest pages ever in Spider Man history is um, because. You just hit the jackpot? Uh, besides that one. Um, <laughs> is after Gwen Stacy is murdered, um, Peter comes back to his apartment. Obviously, he won't be in his apartment because he'll probably still be in high school. But anyways, he goes back to his apartment, and he's upset, obviously, because Gwen Stacy is dead. And um, Mary Jane is there, and she says, Peter, I'm, I'm, I'm here to help, you know. And he says, you know what? Get out of here, Mary Jane. Something along the lines, you know, all you want to do is party. You don't, care, you don't care about me or Gwen. And he sits down, and then she, she goes to leave, but then she shuts the door and sits down next to Peter. So that's where their relationship grows. All right, yeah, I want to see the shit out of that. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, absolutely. They should totally have because her um, if all goes according to plan, they'll kill Gwen Stacy. I know it's sad, but I think they'll still make. A Maybe great not movie. in this movie. I don't think it'll be. Maybe in this not movie. till the till the next one. Cool. Thanks. Uh, thanks for tickling my spider sense. Yeah. Speaking of Stan so Lee dirty. stuff, though, what? I always laugh when we do this stuff because Brad looks like he doesn't want to talk to us at all. <laughs> well, it's just because of that chair, man. I think if he weren't like lying back, could almost be falling asleep. You know, <laughs> that's the problem. And there's no other way to lie in a chair. Like and he that. has nothing to contribute to what we've been just been saying. I guess. On chairs, yeah, yeah, what do I know about Spider-Man lore? <laughs> you should. You should. All I know is from the movies. Yeah. Oh my god. I'm gonna, since next year for your birthday, I'm going to buy you the essential Spider-Man like one through four. That's rude. Oh, Give me a gift that you want. <laughs> no, it's not. Good. I have them. Uh, I want you to get familiarized with Spider-Man and how great it is. Yeah. I don't need it. It's not what I want. I want you to enjoy it. Speaking of Stanley, though, give it a fucking chance, Brad. Jeez. Give me something, Batman. No, fuck Batman. <laughs> you know all the Batman. I don't know all the Batman. You know all the Batman. You know about Eraserhead. So you, you know, know about you know about, you know about good Batman. All right. Yeah. So we're gonna send you some bad. Batman. I've, I've done the Batman Cliff Notes pretty much. I didn't, I didn't really grow up, uh, you know, through the thirties, forties, fifties, and sixties and seventies. I didn't grow up through the sixties either, but I still pick up Spider Man's in from that time, and I love them. Yeah, well, I also split my time with the Ninja Turtles, so I know way more about that than I do <laughs> Batman. Speaking of Stanley, oh, okay, I thought this Excelsior. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Stanley, uh, Stanley Media is suing Stanley, which is a confusing sentence. Uh, I thought they were suing Marvel. No, they're suing they're suing Stanley. They're suing <laughs> all of them, really. They're suing Stanley and Marvel and all of them. Um, but basically, Stanley Media is this company that he built in the in the late '90s, and then it sort of just fell apart. Uh, and they are saying that he sort of told them that they could have all of his rights before he left the company, which of course he would never do. Um, and of I, course, Stan Lee doesn't own those characters. Right, yeah, right. <laughs> um, but then, if, you know, anyway, long story short, this company, which shouldn't even be allowed to be called Stanley Me- Media anymore, uh, the guy who um, is running it right now has been in jail for fraud. Uh, but clearly, this is one of those things where they think that if they sue Marvel and Disney, that they will just get a payout 
you know, and the payout will probably be more than than the suit cost them in the first place. Uh, it's stupid and should go away. And things He's like this should going not, to lose. Things like this should not be allowed to happen in America. Uh, what an idiot! Yeah, it's just it's it's one of those things that is a is just a funny title. If Disney that, got the lawsuit. They're probably like, "What the fuck?" Yeah. <laughs> Stan Lee is suing us. What the shit? Oh no, no 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 no! This is not Stan Lee. Oh, oh okay. Um, David Fincher for years now has been trying to make a movie version of The Goon, which is a, a comic book that I've never read. Have you ever read The Goon? I've read some of them. Okay. They're, they're interesting. It's uh, it's a horror comic. Yeah. Which is kind of fun, though. And it's like adult, right? Yeah. Like oh, it's, yeah. it's um, what do you call it? Like they swear and such. Yeah. It's it's published by Dark Horse. You mean, yeah. They have the trade. You should pick it. They're, I mean, they're fun. I keep meaning to pick it they're up. Pal. He's pick a good artist. I bet I can pick it up at Color Quince Cars and Comics. You can. 20% off trade paperbacks. <laughs> uh, anyway, he's been trying to make, get it made for years, and he has finally sort of given up and is going to go to Kickstarter and try and make a feature-length animated film, like full Hollywood movie from Kickstarter, which uh, is pretty crazy. Um, when you told me it, the story, I always thought it was crazy because you're like, David Fincher really can't get a yeah, movie he like, once made? It's it, but. yeah, but but then we were talking, ironically enough, to uh, Raphael this morning. And he was talking about how the truth is a like an adult animated movie. I can't. What can you? What was the last one? I feel like I have seen one, but I can't think of what it was. Like you know, your Simpsons comes along every now and then, but even that's not that adult. Um, like an animated movie where people really swear a lot. Uh, Ninja Scroll. <laughs> a movie from like 20 years ago <laughs> yeah. um is that movie 20 years old jeez i'm old nah, it's like if it's like 95 it's so basically 20 years yeah, ago. yeah it's getting close it's getting close um uh, I, I don't know like uh, renaissance i watched scanner recently darkly. scanner darkly there oh, you go there you go there you go yeah um but that takes a different edge on it they're not like animated characters really yeah um i'm just saying like it, it is i can see how it is a hard Probably, sell yeah it, sh- it shouldn't be I don't think it should be. I, I want to see this movie. Um, there, about a year ago, we got test footage of it, and so they're making a point in the Kickstarter to say, like, okay, the movie's not made because I guess some people are getting confused and thinking the movie is made and they just need distribution money. It's not that at all. They just did test footage and 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 all of that. Um, but still, I I would really like to see this and and may end up kicking in a few dollars. Uh, so go check that out. Obviously, it's on Kickstarter. If if you think it looks interesting, give them some money. Because I want to see David Fincher make an animated movie. I think that'd be cool. Totally. Uh, and the last little bit of news is that Drive is not getting a sequel. Uh, the Driver might show up in another like a show or something like that somehow, but they are not making Driven. That's okay. I don't think you need a sequel to that movie. I, I don't either. Because that, it's so awesome. That was sort of the thing is that the the author was writing a sequel and was talking about making a sequel. Um, but uh, the director is not on board and doesn't think it needs to happen. So it's it's dead. Cool. And that's news. Unless, awesome. Unless you guys got anything. I don't. Brad, do you have any news this week? James, do you have a comic book for me this week? I do. Comic book corner time. What's up, nerds? It's the comics corner. It's funny. There are a few that, like, I was looking through my collection recently and thinking, like, oh, how did I not go over some of these? Because there, there are a couple of books that are very close to my heart that I've never talked about. One of them is Black Hole which is a book by Charles Burns that he wrote over a series of years, um, put them out one issue at a time. And it is a, it's a book about a sexually transmitted disease that causes people to mutate. And I've told people about this book for 
a long time and nobody ever reads it, but it is fantastic. <laughs> um, it's really about sort of what it's like to be an outsider and, and it's, it's special. It's real. I've read it a couple times now just because I, I, he is such a master over the way he lays out his pages and his art is so distinctive. Um, you, so he's the artist and writer of it? Yeah, yeah, he's the artist and writer, which is why it took him so long. Because uh, you can tell when you look at his pages that he is something of a perfectionist. Everything looks right. You know, there's nothing sketchy at all about his art. Um, and it's all black and white. Uh, it, it's a little bit difficult to get a hold of, but I'm I'm pretty sure I've seen it at Coins, Cards, and Comics. If not, they can order you a copy. But uh, go check that out. Yeah, it's always uh, it's hard with those independent trade paperbacks. Because rem- I remember you told me to pick up I Kill Giants. I had to get that ordered from them, too, because oh, yeah. it's a tough one to find. Yeah. Well, and Black Hole is is even harder because it is, you know, obviously, if any kids are listening to this, don't don't give this to children. There are, like, ladies, naked ladies with tails and shit like that. Well, yeah. You also um, said it's a sexually transmitted disease that mutates people. I think that's yeah. the first warning sign that you should not read this comic if you're yeah. a child. And, he, he, yeah, he deals with some really weird... Uh, he deals with some really weird ideas, um, but it's really good. So, uh, how many? How many issues was it? I don't know because I only ever ever read it as a book. It's like an inch thick, so it's um, big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know exactly how many issues it was, but uh, it's quite a few. You know? So the and black hole. Yeah, black hole. It's really good. That's the comic. <laughs> so pick up the black hole. No, I don't know, yeah. I don't where, know how to where segue to, leader. <laughs> yeah, I know. No, no. I'm like, how do I segue from a sexually transmitted mutating disease comic book? I'm gonna lend um, it. I'm I guess gonna... it's just into stuff we've been watching. So, uh, yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching. I watched a few things this week. Um, I'll I'll go in the order of um, least interesting to most interesting. <laughs> I I watched. Uh, seven episodes of the X-Files, which I have never watched the X-Files except for an uh, episode here or there. Ah. And uh, I'll have to, I'll be honest, I, I kind of enjoyed them. I didn't I didn't know that it was David Duchovny is the uh, molder and he is the X-File guy who takes all these unusual files from, from the FBI and he goes around and investigates them and Scully is put as his partner to disprove everything he's saying. Yeah. But what was cool is at the end of every episode, they don't tell you one way or the other. They kind of give you clues to each way. It could be science. It could be, you know, paranormal. And Sometimes they're better rather than others. Sometimes the story is something where you're like, no, that was totally a mole man. I, you're crazy. It was totally a mole man. But it um, is always neat when they do that. But like I said, I've only seen seven episodes. Right. I remember watching a few here and there when I was little, uh, younger. Uh, I remember one about bees. Um, I don't <laughs> yeah. know what season that is. Um, but that that I, happens a few times. I, I was really intrigued by by and um, you ha- there is some really early '90s feel to it. Oh yeah, but it's still good. I don't think I don't think it's a bad show at all. And, and did, I I love the I love the intro, the music. Oh yeah. Did you start at season one? Yeah. That's one of those shows. Uh, it, it's a very common sci-fi thing. Uh, Buffy and Star Trek: Next Generation are that way. Um, it's one of those shows that a lot of people will say, like, you you either have to b- make sure you get through the first season or just skip the first season entirely because it gets it picks up steam in its second season. And the thing is, I say that because 
I never did. Like mm-hmm. when I started trying to watch the X Files, I got maybe two thirds of the way through the first season and then just sort of fell off. Um, I think I got distracted by some other show, but uh, still, I keep meaning to go back. Yeah, like I said, I, I'll watch the whole first season. I don't think they're so bad where I can't watch them. No, no, no. Um, and I, I enjoy them. And uh, watching it as there's in the second episode, Mulder goes to this door and he says, "I'm Agent Mulder, FBI," and he shows his badge. And I had I laughed because one of my favorite jokes ever in The Simpsons is when Mulder goes to Springfield because Homer sees an alien. He says, I'm Agent Mulder, FBI, and he shows his badge and there's a picture of him in his underwear in it. And that always made me laugh. And so that he did it in the show was uh, really funny. And obviously how clever the guys who write The Simpsons are to include it. Um, so, yeah, I'll continue watching The X-Files. I didn't know there's like 222 episodes, though, so yeah. I don't know how long it'll take me to finish well, the X-Files. Well, and I think most people would tell you to drop off once David Coveney leaves. Um, Robert Patrick, I think, comes on board, Yeah, if I remember correctly. When did that, man, that show was on from, what, 92 to 2002? <sighs> Something like that. Yeah. Um, cool. So, yeah, anyways, I'll, let you, I'll keep you updated. Um, if something, I'll be watching the season, I'll say, hey, that was a really cool episode. Check out this episode. But right now, I'm enjoying it. Whatever. Yeah, let us know if you ever figure out the bees. I will. When um, you're done, you should watch the movie and find out if you think it's disappointing. Okay, I will. Um, I also saw what Jonathan Tiersten gave me, which is The Perfect House, which um, when I'm giving low-budget horror, and I've said this on the show many times, I'm sure, horror can go either one way, especially if it's low-budget. Um, it can be horrible or it can be good. There's really no in-between for it until I saw The Perfect House. Hmm. Um, first of all, it's it's shot pretty well. Um, it, uh, the premise of the movie is it's a horror anthology, but each little story kind of has a decade that it's kind of um, paying homage to. Hmm. Um, the overarching story is there's this house that in it could be any town in America that there's something wrong with it. Um, you're never ever sure exactly what it is, but there's something in that house that is bad it's been to hell um so the opening um the opening story isn't the overarching story which is kind of unusual the opening story is this family lives next door to this guy and they go over for dinner and and then he says hey you want to see the basement and then it cuts to um this the short that um takes place in 1968 i believe Mm -hmm. and all these this kid the mom the two kids and the dad and the mom are in the basement because there's a tornado going through and as the tornado is going through the mom's a horrible person and um the lights go out and the boy kills the dad and the girl kills the mom and then they say where do we go from here and then the little girl kills the boy and uh, they kind of tell you why they don't like each other, like the, either parent. Oh, not randomly, like they have no, motivations no, no. for it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> I thought it was just like they got bored in the basement and were like, well, we got to entertain <laughs> the kids. Yeah. Uh, um, that one is okay. Um, the acting isn't very good in it. Yeah. Um, the children, again, because I think it's low budget, you know, they can't get probably the best kid actors. And how do you direct yeah, children when you don't finding, have any money? Finding kid actors are, is already difficult. Yeah. So, and the And the mother in it is kind of choose scenery too much yeah um i'll skip uh jonathan's for i'll make it the last one even though <laughs> it's in the middle um and then there the overarching story is this uh this couple is going to buy the house and this real estate agent is really weird and she's like overly sexy 
And uh, my interpretation of it is she's the devil because she has red hair and she wears a red dress and she's trying to get them into the house. And she says, well, everybody changes their mind when they go in the basement. Ooh. And, uh, and then it goes, to, and then, um, <laughs> and oh God, what, am I, what am I forgetting? Uh, the last one is the conclusion of the original story, which this guy gets pissed off because the family next door borrows his weed whacker and never gives it back to him. Yeah. And there's actually some pretty scary moments in it. Um, he tortures each, because uh, it's a take on the 90, uh, 2000s, the torn, portrait, uh, torture porn, but it's not as gratuitous, kind of. So he kind of isolates each family member. And, um, I mean, there's disturbing stuff. There's uh, he, he says, you know, the two little boys, he says, you always are always fighting for your mother's attention. Now you have to fight for your mother's attention, and you have to kill each other. So he puts a knife in between these two little kids, and the one boy stabs his little brother. You're like, holy shit, this is kind of fucked up. Yeah. And then he takes the, the other boy upstairs and puts a plastic bag over his head and lets the mom go. She, he says, you can save your son. But then he cuts her Achilles tendon and like she has to crawl up the stairs. So, I mean, uh, it's really good. Uh, oh, yeah. It sounds good. Yeah. That, so, uh, and then Jonathan's, he plays a, a serial killer named um, John Dozy. And he is really good in it. Uh, and I'm not just saying that because he sat on our show, but I mean, he is, there's parts in it because he's such an unassuming guy. And I, I met him at the con, you know, it's, he, he plays this guy that he's sane, but there's little things that kind of set him off. Yeah. And, uh, the only thing I will say about his short that, uh, didn't really work is the reading that his muse, cause he talked about it in our interview. He's kept a girl there captive for five years. Her reading of some of the lines she kind of went for it as uh, she read it like they were funny. Hmm. And so her actions were kind of weird. Huh. She's uh, like, she, I mean, here's an example. She said, uh, it starts off that he throws this guy in the cage next to her. And she says, well, he's going to kill you on Thursday. And he's going to rape me on Friday. Whoa. And just the way she said it. you're Like, mm. like yeah. But he has some amazing moments. Uh, my favorite moment. Well, there's a couple of them, but he, he, um, he leans over and the guy's an okay actor, but he's, you know, he's saying, why are you doing this? Why are you doing this? And he's, why'd you pick me? And he says, and he very coldly and sadistically says, I'm just one guy thinning out the herd. And he pulls him out and he cuts the guy's eyelids off. And uh, so he can't blink and he's all freaking out. And he says, all right, if you can make it to the door without, without hitting anything, I'll let you go. And uh, so he goes over and talks to his muse and, uh, He's like, wow, he's not bumping into anything. So you see the guy like, ooh, ooh. And then he just bashes his face in with the two by four. And he says, yeah. <laughs> he's not going to let him go. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, that part, he was really good in it. Cool. Um, and when he confronted the lady who with, because her daughter was missing for five years. Yeah. Um, he has a great moment and he does it so cool. Um, she's knocking on the door and she's frantic and she's banging it. And he says, hey, what do you notice about this house? And she says, uh, it's really big. He's like, yeah. So it might take me a little fucking time to answer the door. <laughs> so uh, I, I will say that um, I am uh, shocked how good it was. Cool. Um, uh, the three out of the four stories are really good. Neat. Um, so uh, so Where's thanks, Jonathan, for giving it to me and letting me check it out. And yeah. you can go to uh, theperfecthouse.com and you can buy it. You can digitally download it. I think it's $5 to digitally download it. Oh, so you yeah, should do it. Oh, yeah, that's pretty good. Because so, uh, it's worth it, and um, if, especially if you like horror. So pick it up, and he's really good. He's in the middle part. He plays John Dozy. Very cool. And the last thing I saw was inspired by Cora, 
sent us an email, and this will segue because we all we've all have seen this movie. Yeah. Um, I saw a movie called Rubber this weekend um, because Cora said it's one of her favorites right now. Um, For those of you who don't know what Rubber is, it is literally a movie (laughs) about a tire that is in the desert that gets up and starts killing things telepathically. With with, with its mind. With its mind. But that's not the movie. That's what the trailer tells you the movie is. Yeah. But the the opening scene, I'll, I'll say this about this movie, is it's very bizarre yeah, but it doesn't make excuses for how weird it is, because the opening, the opening, I guess scene is, you see this uh, guy stand. He's, no, no, yeah, he's standing there, and then this car is driving through <laughs> and running over all these chairs. I love that and job. hitting chairs. I don't know why it's hitting chairs. Why I don't know why there's chairs. I don't know why there's chairs. You don't either. know. And uh, the one deputy just parks a car and then the trunk opens and then the sheriff gets out of the trunk. Yep. <laughs> he walks by the guy in the cop car. He gives him a glass of water and he says, uh, you know, why an ET did, I forget what he says in ET. He says, just because, you know, there's no reason behind what happens in the movies. They just happen. Yeah. So really? basically he's telling you that everything that happens in this movie is just because Yeah. there's no rhyme or reason behind it. It's just, well, because, and then there's uh they they gather a group of people to watch this tire kill people, which right. I didn't understand. Well, they, and, and it, then they're poisoning the people. Brad, help me out here. You've it is a too. it is a giant metaphor for actual audiences watching a movie. So like those people are the audience, and then they have to kill off the audience so that the movie can stop. Which is why there's that scene, which I love that scene, um, when the they're like the. the the sheriff is interviewing people and trying to figure out, you know, who murdered this lady. And we of course know that it was the tire. Um, and he stops and he's like, okay guys, you can, you can, it's okay. We've poisoned the audience. So we can stop, you know, none of this is real. And he, uh, he goes so far as to ask one of them to shoot him. Cause he knows that, <laughs> that's like, right. Hey, you guys, you, you can, none of this is real. None of this matters. Like go ahead and shoot me. And he does it and he's not hurt. And then he gets word that one of the audience members didn't eat the poisoned turkey. And so they have to keep the movie going and keep trying to entertain this guy, even though, uh, like, they don't even really know where to go. And, you know, um, and so it's kind of funny just to watch the movie then. Like, you're sort of watching a movie about a guy watching a movie in which nobody knows what to do and they're just sort of meandering the story forward. Um, and I should have prefaced it by saying that the first thing that the tire kills is a bunny rabbit. No, no. The first thing the tire kills... Was it a kills... bird? No, I'm oh, sure no, it's it a bunny the, rabbit. Yeah, you're right. It was the bunny rabbit first. And yeah. he makes people's heads explode. But Which, it... Uh, I mean, what was it like the... Yeah. the um, after the introduction, it's 10 minutes of the tire just rolling. Yeah. <laughs> it's good. To, oh. And here's the thing. That is, it was sort of impressive. Like, I don't know how they did that. Yeah. I really don't. Uh, you know, it's one of those movies, um, I will say people to watch it. I don't know if I can recommend it. Um, yeah. You, you, but you have to watch it to understand what it is. I can't. Yeah. I mean, I just explained it to you. <laughs> but if you but if you came to me and said, hey, you want to see a movie about a tire that has telekinesis and makes people's heads explode? What? And Yeah. And you have to give the the people in the movie credit because they went with it. Yeah. You know, it's, Hey, this is what this movie is. And we, we, we buy it 100%. And that's just one with, it. I, I think that like, especially the guy who plays the sheriff pulls it off. Like he has some great, especially that the whole last sequence, like where he's in the 
Uh, he's he's got a mannequin wired <laughs> up to explode, and he's like he's having those lines with the he's because like, the tire like a falls French in love Canadian with woman. Uh, yeah, some French. He's got Canadian like the French Canadian woman there, and he's yelling at her because she's not reading the dialogue he wrote well enough. <laughs> and of course, the dialogue he wrote is just nonsense. And oh yeah, I I actually really enjoyed that movie. Very yeah. nice, Brad. You own it. Yeah. What do you think about it? I own it. I liked it. <laughs> I like how just ridiculous it is, and yeah, it's a, yeah all that stuff around is just uh like I could have watched a movie of of a tire just rolling through the desert killing stuff but they framed it with you know to help the audience get into the idea like we're just making this movie about a tire it's like the the whole audience thing with the and then the narrator guy taking you through is just like is this device for me just to learn to accept the movie of a tire killing but i don't need that so that when i watch i'm like well that's a bit unnecessary i I, you know it's like wally in the beginning just stacking trash and stuff and like playing with objects like i could just watch that movie right but you know they had to build the whole plant and uh space uh story story around that for you know for a mainstream audience so right to accept that so um yeah it's fun yeah yeah no it is it's different i think what (laughs) i like seeing different things one of my favorite moments though before we move on is that at at the end when the guy in the wheelchair is sitting there and he's still got his binoculars on and they think they've killed the tire and the tricycle rolls out and he (laughs) thinks the movie is still going and he when he turns to the guys and goes hey you guys you gotta come back it looks like it's been reincarnated as a tricycle and just the idea that like that's how you would make a sequel you know, or like that—that's how audience was would react to them making a and sequel. And then he gets to an it. army of <laughs> other tires. Yeah. yeah, and then he marches on Hollywood. Oh, yeah, that was good. Cool, Brad. What'd you see this week? I watched the first three episodes of the newest season of The Office, which were funny. Um, and then I watched season three of The League, which was also really funny, except for the first episode was kind of meh. And then I watched the 20th anniversary Blu-ray of the ET which uh, is probably the best-looking Blu-ray transfer of an old movie that I've ever seen. Better than Jaws? I haven't seen the t- Jaws Blu-ray yet, so... Oh, God. Then you don't know. But, yeah, Spielberg movies have been really good lately on Blu-ray. Yeah, yeah. 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 Fine, treated with care. It's And here's... The, you know, it's nice because it's taken so long. I've been wanting Blu-ray releases of these movies, and not E.T., but the other ones for a long time, um, and so it's nice to finally get them. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, maybe we'll see a 1941 soon. We're gonna see a Catch maybe. Me If We Can. We soon. are. Yeah. I did see yeah. that. Yeah. Oh, you yeah. know what I really want is the Terminal though. That would be sweet. Uh, terminal Blu-ray. Yeah, that'd look really good too. Oh yeah. But that's also one of those that like and Catch I Me am If afraid You Can. Afraid of Ghost. Catch Me If You Can <laughs> as well. Like those movies. Yeah. Look, oh yeah. Look well enough on DVD that like you wouldn't have to have a Blu-ray, but um, that they'll look good on Blu-ray for sure. I'm always surprised by like what pops out of the background that I didn't see before on DVD. Yeah. Yep. That Blu-ray well, accentuates. As soon as you put it up on a big TV, then you'll start noticing it. Yeah. You're like, oh, yeah, I wish like, I wish Frank Abagnale looks sharper. Elliot's room and has like all these old 80s games and toys. I'm just like, oh, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> it's nice. cool stuff. It's also just a good excuse to rewatch those movies and realize that totally like, how great they in, are. In, in E.T., somebody gets called Penis Breath and Douchebag. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the Douchebag <laughs> line I even hear you know, before. Yeah, uh, James, what did you watch? Well, this is the week that Prometheus came out, so I had to watch through that, of course, and I still like that movie. And the the commentaries on it are really good. So if you liked that movie, 
you should buy that movie and immediately watch the commentaries. But I will move on. Um, because I, I was busy the week before, and so I missed some of the television premieres, and I sort of make it my job to watch everything shitty that comes out at the beginning of the, se- the TV season. Um, I spent some time catching up on some of the garbage. Uh, first, I watched the first two episodes now of The Last Resort, which is the show about the submarine mm-hmm. that like gets told, oh, shoot missile, shoot nuclear bombs at uh, Iran, and then they don't because they don't think that's smart, and then they have to go on the run from the U.S. government. And the thing is, this show is written well enough that if it weren't for the cheesy plot, if this were just like Crimson Tide, if it were just like, here's some guys on a submarine, and then they have military problems and we're just following like the life of us of people on a submarine it would probably be really good like i actually do like some of these characters um scott speedman is not the worst uh i think the the guy who plays the the captain is um not fleshed out well enough but so not the guy who plays the, the captain is not fleshed out well enough but um the the show is written all right it's just not directed very well and the the sort of big overarching plot that they've forced onto it is kind of crummy. Like now they've taken over this Island and I guess their adventures are going to be all based on this Island, um, which is really just an excuse to get them, the characters out of the submarine. But when you're making excuses for the submarine on the second episode of a submarine show, I feel like you've lost track somewhere. Um, it's no longer special if they're just on an Island. Uh, I honestly think I might keep watching it for some reason, but just because it seems curious. Uh, but I, I wouldn't recommend it to anybody else. Um, slightly worse than that was 666 Park Avenue, which I watched the first two episodes of. That's bad. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. I, I think that they think it's supposed to be sort of a Twilight Zone kind of a show because each episode they follow a different character in the hotel who gets in trouble because of the deal that they've made with the hotel. Basically, if you haven't seen the way too many trailers before movies over the last six months, um, it's about a hotel that's clearly run by somebody who either is the devil or works for the devil, and the house is, the hotel is possessed or eats people or something. Like, the opening shot is literally a guy runs out of the front doors of the hotel and, like, screams and then gets sucked back into the hotel, and I guess he's dead or something. So it lives on people's souls or something like that. Uh, and everybody there is making a deal for something like they want to be uh, the best artist or whatever. Um, and then this, this young couple moves in to sort of take over running the maintenance stuff of the hotel. But like one of the stories in the second episode is simply that she discovers one of the walls is full of birds and she calls in a, uh, exterminator to get the birds to go away. And then the birds that are living in the wall go and kill the exterminator on his way home one day. And you're like, well, <laughs> Why? I don't. I don't understand why this is even here. Um, well, it's because it's the warm glow of ABC television. Yeah, yeah, it was a great idea. Um, so that one I won't keep watching. The other one I'm not going to keep watching is Arrow, which uh, I threw in. <laughs> I threw in and then actually fell asleep to, which doesn't happen to me very often. Wait, you threw it in? Don't you watch these on TV? Uh, no, no, <laughs> I didn't. I didn't watch it live. I waited and watched it later. Uh, it's actually you can watch the whole first episode for free on on the internet. So if you're curious for some reason, um, this oh, it's a mess. It's really. I mean, you can tell how CW this show is. 
Um, like teen drama It t- There totally is. Well, because he... It's about this guy who, you know, he's a wealthy young guy and he uh, is a total sort of playboy and he's... Oliver um, Queen. He's on a yacht with his dad and his girlfriend's sister who he's having sex with. And then the yacht suddenly turns vertical based on the actual action of the movie of the show where everybody suddenly just flies across the room and hits the wall. The the boat just suddenly turns vertical um, and then sinks and he and his dad and some other guy survive. Um, and so when he gets back, his girlfriend is mad at him because and he's gone for like five years and somehow learns to be an awesome bowman or something. Um, I think it's an archer. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and it, I think they think that what they're doing is cool. Like at the end of the first episode, his dad shoots himself. On, he and his dad and the guy are on the boat, right? And it's a it's a flashback of them all on the boat. And he stabs the other dude, right? Or his dad stabs the other dude because he wants his son to survive. And then he shoots himself. And you're thinking, first of all, the way he shoots himself, you probably just punched a hole in the rubber dinghy that you guys are floating in. But also, you could have stayed alive. Like, you you could just not drink the water. They they sort of imply that, like, he does it so that the other guy won't drink the water and his son will survive. But he could just choose to not drink water. And so, well, his girlfriend's mad at him because he was shipwrecked for five years? No. Well, he was shipwrecked for five years and he comes back. She's mad at him because she knows that her sister was on there having sex with him and that like they were together when his, her sister died because her uh, sister doesn't yeah. survive the boat crash or the sinking, whatever. Um, I bet so she that's does. Why. She comes back as Aqua Girl. Oh, and so his dad like ran a whole corporation and bestows on his son before he dies like information about the corporation and how actually evil it is. So he Arrow's gonna, Green Arrow is going to come back and kill all the bad guys who work for his dad's nice. corporation. I... It's just fucking stupid. That sounds amazing. Oh, no, it's garbage. And the CW should just stop making shows because they are all the worst. (laughs) That's everything I saw. Very nice. So we saw Argo. We did. This week, James, should people go see Argo? Um, Yeah, if you're looking for a good, quiet, sort of quiet drama, I don't think it is as quite as suspenseful as I wanted it to be, but the story is really good and interesting, and so... Uh, yeah, I think you should check it out. Brad? Yep, go see it. It's a good movie. And is this going to be in my top ten? Could be. Here's the trailer. <laughs> Actions of Iran have shocked the civilized world. Go, go, go! Spread everything! Our embassy has been seized and more than 60 American citizens continue to be held as hostages. If we're going to go, then we need to go now. What happened? Six of the hostages went out a back exit. Where are they? The Canadian ambassador's house. We've got revolutionary guards going door to door. These people die. They die badly. White House? Who wants the six of them out? What we like for this are bicycles. Deliver the six bikes, provide them with maps. Or you could just send in training wheels and meet them at the border with Gatorade. It's gonna take a miracle to get them out. Fighting man. What are we watching? I got an idea. They're a Canadian film crew for a science fiction movie. I fly into Tehran. We all fly out together as a film crew. I need you to help me make a fake movie. So you want to come to Hollywood and act like a big shot without actually doing anything? Yeah. You'll fit right in. You need a 
script. Argo, science fantasy adventure. Moonscape, Mars, desert. You need an exotic location to shoot. You need a producer. If I'm doing a fake movie, it's going to be a fake hit. You don't have a better bad idea than this? This is the best bad idea we have, sir. By far. You have 72 hours to get them out. They're getting a visitor. You gotten people out this way before? No. You're asking us to trust you with our lives. This is what I do, and I've never left anyone behind. I know who they are, and they know they're hiding out. It's over, Tommy. If they stay here, they will be taken. Probably not alive. We're responsible for these people. I'm responsible. You really believe your little story is going to make a difference when there's a gun to our heads? I think my little story is the only thing between you and a gun to your head. Wow, so you really liked it that much. I did. I thought it was really cool. One of the things I really liked about it is the aesthetic of it because whenever yeah. he was shooting, um, like the opening was really cool where you're basically blending documentary style with news reports and it was all shot seamlessly. Yeah. And to see i've always liked ben affleck and i don't care what anybody says i've always been a defender of affleck i like daredevil i don't care what anybody says um the director's cut of daredevil is awesome um but anyways the and you know what's cool is too is it sets up that you know um yeah the americans made mistakes in iran and yeah. but they also made mistakes too so they don't really paint the iranians as you know characters of middle eastern muslims and you know, they, I mean, maybe they overreacted about being mad, but they have a reason to be mad at the yeah. Americans in uh, embassy. So it's it's an interesting story. And um, what's crazy is I kept on remind, telling myself, like, this is real. Like, this really yeah. happened. Uh, of course, I'm sure he added some for dramatic effects, but the, the story is so far-fetched. Yeah. You don't think they'd ever pull it off, but uh, it's it's a true story. I've read interviews with, that Tony Mendez guy and Ben Affleck together and talking about how it came about and he wrote a book about it. So that it's real is kind of because it seems too fake to be real. Yeah. I, I don't know. Um, it seems like the thing that Ben Affleck paid the most attention to when making the movie was that, that verisimilitude that, that you know, making it, in fact, even when the credits roll, he goes through and shows you like the picture of the actor as you saw them in the movie and then like the passport of the actual person as if to prove to you like, look, I even got their mustaches right. Like, which he does. Yeah. He gets all their mustaches right. Um, and yeah, like the art decoration and all of that, making it look like it was that time period is unbelievable. I mean, I guess um, I could tell you what the movie's about, but I'm sure you know, right? I don't, do I should Yeah, there's these the people <laughs> who were stuck in Iran and he makes up a fake movie so he can sneak them out. Yeah, and, that's yeah. the movie. Um yeah, yeah, but there's also, you know, I pay attention to things in movies now because I've seen so many of them. There's a great, when you were introduced to Ben Affleck's character uh, and he starts off, you know, in his crummy apartment, but he's walking through the CIA, that one tracking shot where it's wave, weaving in and out of people and he's going from one place to the next, I thought was amazing. Yeah. And it, it shows the maturity of a filmmaker that I, I, I never knew he was going to be. Um, listening to Kevin Smith, though, Kevin Smith always knew he was going to be a filmmaker because I guess when he was on set, he would always ask questions about, hey, how do you get this shot? What do you do with this shot? And um, and it, it pays off. I mean, it, the movie's really good. Yeah, I, I think out of the now three Ben Affleck movies, Gone Baby Gone and uh, The Town, this is probably still my least favorite. Uh, I, I think 
building like suspense in a movie like this can be very difficult because unfortunately a lot of it comes out of this sort of ticking clock like which which thing's going to happen first are they going to get away or or are they going to get caught kind of thing um and of course we know like well they're they're probably going to get away um so I, I think it loses a little bit and and it's so front loaded with the setup stuff that it's about halfway through when he finally goes to Iran that that's when the the sort of suspense starts to build and I, um it's it's just it's hard to balance that in a movie um so it was one of those things where I, I enjoyed it and always knew it was good, but it never quite hooked me. I was never quite like on the edge of my seat like I thought it should be. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess I can. Uh, I, I guess I mean because I, I mean you know the ending. I mean, so yeah. creating suspense I think is kind of difficult in that regard because you you know they get out. Um, but what what was really crazy is you just I mean what they had to go through just to pull it off in a short amount of time and. You know, John Goodman's really good in it, Alan Arkin. Um, I think the only part I did have a problem with is they they were detained at the airport and the Iranian guy was calling and they couldn't get to the phone and they yeah. happened to get to the phone at the right time. I mean, that was yeah, really Yeah, that, that one is probably the worst, but, yeah. Because at that point, they've done like three of those and then they're going to do mm-hmm. another one with the plane as well where it's like, you know, oh, oh, the guys know, but they're also trying to get away. Oh, which one's going to happen? Well, we know they're going to get away. You know, yeah. Um, and yeah, that one with the like, oh, we're filming, so we can't get across set. That one was really, uh, but but it did have a great Alan Arkin line where he's oh, like, yeah. "Call my agent, put me in your movie." And yeah, I'm gonna guess what I'm gonna be in the movie. Call my agent. I, I was disappointed though because when I heard Michael Parks was in it, I was like, "Oh, he's gonna have a cool part." He doesn't even say a line, does he? No. Well, well, he may say a line. Oh, he does. But... He does. He does. He says, "Uh, because uh, he's so smart." You know, Ben Affleck says, "I wanted to look." You know. Middle Eastern, and he says, "What do you want, Egyptian?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the whole line. Yeah. Ugh. So you're kind that's of such a waste that, that he would have a cool part in it. That maybe I, he went along with him, or yeah, I got really uh, excited when I saw him, um, and then he didn't really do anything. Uh, but yeah, I, I think part of it is like if they, I kept thinking for some reason. I think it's just the aesthetic. I kept thinking back to Zodiac, um, which is another movie that is, you know, it's both a thriller and sort of this heavy, sort of slow drama. Um, that will, you know, be very languid and take its time and then suddenly terrify the crap out of you. Um, and I kept thinking like, you know, if they, if he had moved some of the stuff forward, like, man, that's the scene when she's watching out the window and she sees the neighbor get shot like that scene, that is, that was great. It scared the crap out of like the, the, the shot itself made me jump, um, and added a lot of suspense to like, oh, okay, he's got to get these people out of there. If that had been just earlier or there had been more stuff like that to set up sort of, you know, because it feels like 44 days just sort of passes really quick. Um, and I, I think I wanted to feel that more and spend more time with those people in Iran to to really feel like, dude, Ben, you, you've got to get over there. Like you were wasting too much time trying to set this up, you know, um, as, so that then we would understand what a pro he is because it would be like, okay, he yes he needed to get over there but he knew he needed to spend the full two weeks to set this up so that it could be done right um but again if you do that then it's a two and a half hour movie and that's hard to sell too so it's just it's just a hard balance to 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 draw yeah but you know another part i really enjoyed um is the the iranian girl who worked at the canadian embassy i was really concerned that they're going to use her as you know they're in there. They're in there. Yeah. And it turns out she helps him and then she escapes to Iraq. So I don't know if that's better, but you know, well, I'm sure it's, it's probably a part of the true story that they wanted to get in there. Cause it mm-hmm. is a, a neat little. Oh, it is. Wood. And 
you know, it, it's a. I mean, the movie is very well acted. Oh um, yeah, everybody in there is. I mean, Brian Cranston is amazing again. Yeah. Um, you know, even Kyle Chandler. I didn't even know he was in the movie. I know. I got so excited that Kyle Chandler was in there. <laughs> I mean, he's not in there enough, but still, good. He's got a couple good lines. He does. Yeah. And you know, the just the movie is very well done. Yeah. Um, I, uh, Brad, what did you think of the movie? Since you haven't said anything. Um, I'm waiting for some space to jump in. Space <laughs> just back and forth. I'm sorry, over we're there. both so rude. Um, I enjoyed the classic Warner Brothers logo at the beginning. <laughs> that was oh, cool. Yes. Um, but I don't know if it's, is it okay to show like the actual photos of the real people and then tell, you know, millions of people around the world where they live so that people from Tehran who are still bitter <laughs> about this, which at the end of the movie, they have a scene where the guy's like, we are very upset that Canada screwed us over on this and w- there will be retribution. <laughs> um, so I, I only guess it's okay. Cause they really declassified it 15 years ago. So but I does mean, that yeah. mean they've had 15 years well, to spy yeah. stop? <laughs> well, yeah, they they if they really cared, they would have done it 15 years ago when that information was out there the first time. They if Talia really Al has taught us anything, it's, <laughs> like, it's the slow knife, <laughs> yeah, and they seem yeah. really bitter and angry. So what you mean is you think that somebody is setting up a nuclear bomb in all their hometowns very slowly? You don't need to go that far. You <laughs> could just send a guy with a knife dark. or a well, gun. Well, that's what Talia Al Ghul does. I'm just, oh, you're going with the Talia yeah. Al Ghul. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was being serious. I think these people's lives are in danger. <laughs> I know. I, I don't. I don't. I don't. I'm right. sure they're under some sort of protection still. Oh, probably. Um, yeah. Well, they think like an entire embassy of people are responsible for well, a few people's decisions. Uh, so. I, I don't think that those six people are actually going to be that important to like the people who are extremists and would do something crazy like that would probably want to do something more important than a grudge match from however many years ago, you know, like, and it makes you respect Canada too. Cause, yeah. Cause I mean, they had to take a, I mean, they asked Elsa to keep it a secret and they had to get the passports and Victor all, Garber's a badass. Victor Garber. Do you know he officiated Ben and Jen's wedding? I didn't. Now, you know, oh, so wow. that, that's, uh, th- that's really cool that he's in there too. Well, that's uh, Jennifer uh, Gardner. Yeah. That uh, sucks. Cause that means that, uh, he is also responsible for her getting pregnant and ruining that show. That show wasn't going to continue after that season, anyways. I know, <laughs> but I can. The show was great. Okay, I'm not going to say that Elise is not great. I'm just saying that it was really low in the ratings all the time. I'm just still mad. But you know what? I love Jennifer Gardner with Ben Affleck because I think they're very cute together. Okay. Next week on the National Enquirer podcast. <laughs> so yeah, I really like the aesthetic of the movie, and um, you know, I didn't know the real story, so th- there's a little bit of suspense about the plane getting away. I was like, are they really going to shoot down this plane with like? other people swiss passengers on it like would yeah. the iranian government actually do that or would they you know then they got away and um yeah that whole sequence was a little tense for me but yeah the rest of the movie is kind of just like i was kind of just going along yeah but i was i thought that was a great moment too in that scene where uh ben affleck looks out and he has to still play cool and he's like oh fuck these yeah. guys might get me <laughs> Uh, that, yeah. that was really cool. Uh, and, you know, I was thinking that too, though. I mean, because and there's, uh, there's Iranians on that flight too. Like, yeah, I was worried that maybe you shouldn't be celebrating. Like, as soon as you clear the airspace, because one of them could just jump up and kill you <laughs> uh, as you know, sacrifice for their government. You uh, know, y- you will find a lot of times though, people in those countries don't like that either. <laughs> yeah. They have to live. Um, you know, I was always wondering too, because you know, Switzerland's you know a neutral country, so if that plane took off, was starting to take off, and if the pilot saw those guys would he turn around or you just keep on going yeah i know that's... i know i kind of wanted to see that moment and see if you know I'll, because I'll, that I'll... one lady uh at the you know the 
ticket counter wasn't going to let those Iranian guys go through. Yeah. Um, because yeah. I'm sure it's yeah. some sort of, I mean, it's a probably a regulation. But yeah, exactly. You wonder how much. She probably can't let them through. They obviously get to, they obviously just do whatever they want. Yeah, that's what, yeah. Yeah. as long as they're carrying a gun. So it's like, yeah. One of my favorite scenes is the one right before that when the um, the guy that through this whole thing has been like the naysayer and didn't believe that any of this would work has sort of his shining moment where because he speaks Farsi he can convince that guy like no no look at here's the pictures this is and he sells the whole thing like he mm-hmm. works for a movie studio just like that that was really good that was really cool yeah but yeah. like a couple of beats before that I was like wondering like why are you speaking Farsi like. You're giving yourself away as yeah. yeah. Like they would assume that a Canadian film crew probably doesn't have like he explains it really well that like yeah, we like, intended to be in your country <laughs> yeah. so I know it, but it's a kind of a yeah, yeah. bit well, of a it, jump. It does, well no, I think it, it makes do. sense because I was like, well, if you were gonna go to a country like that to look at stuff, why would you not bring somebody with you? There, there is a well, all three too. of them were talking Farsi at one point in that scene, so oh. there was a beat though where Ben Affleck, when they started speaking Farsi, he kinda looked at him like, Oh, what are you doing? Yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah. And ended up working, so yeah. yeah. Um, congrats to Ben Affleck. Great movie. Yeah, it was good. Next week, the Real Nerds podcast will see something we don't know yet. <laughs> Maybe uh, something that we missed. Maybe uh, Seven Psychopaths. Uh, yeah, because I don't think I'm going to see um, Paranormal Activity for. Yeah, I don't want to watch that movie the, unless we get enough fans to write in telling us to see Paranormal Activity for. Then we might take the bullet. Yeah, I'll, if if yeah. fans tell us to see it, then yes, we always see what the fans want us to see. Yeah, I'll, I will agree to that. Um, uh, I could put up a poll on our Facebook page, and we'll see what people pick for us to see. Alex Cross is next week. I'm not seeing Alex Cross. Oh wow, wow, that was <laughs> okay. Okay. Unless, I, okay, unless uh, Matthew Fox kills his wife, because then it would give him motivation, and that'd be unexpected. Okay. Because now it's just uh, I'm Tyler Perry and I'm trying to do something dark, and it just I don't know. It seems really stupid. Does does a tr- tr- uh, trailer intrigue you, any Brad? Uh, I think it's shot really well. The but every 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 line of dialogue that anyone in the trailer says seems like a cliche line yeah, from every exactly. movie I've ever heard. No, I totally. Your agree. wife is very pretty. I yeah. I only want to see Jack Shepard. No, I only want to see it because of it's got Matthew Fox and Rachel Nichols in it, and other than that, I don't care. But uh, is Rachel yeah. Nichols naked? Probably not. Then I'm not seeing it. I like Rachel Nichols because yeah. I like Alias. Back to that conversation. Yep. Anyways, you can tweet us real underscore nerds. You can like us on Facebook, Real Nerds Podcast. Go to our website, realnerdspodcast.com. Um, you can leave us a voicemail seven two zero six nerds five. Haven't heard from any celebrities lately, which is kind of a bummer. I guess you scared them off. Guess Except for the ones off. we've talked to. What? Yeah, that's true. So until next week, bye. Bye. Argo, fuck yourself. (laughs) 